Friends, hello, how are you? Welcome to episode 376 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump. And Omnipod would love to send you an absolutely free, no-obligation demo of their product. And they'd like to send it right to your house so you can try it on and see what you think. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox to get that pod experience kit sent out to you right away. To learn more about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, you're going to want to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. There are links to all of the advertisers in the show notes of this episode and at juiceboxpodcast.com. Use the links and support the show. For the first five years of my life, I was an only child, and then it happened. My parents had more kids. And then I had siblings. Well, today, we're going to talk to Roxy's sister, Zoe. Zoe does not have type 1 diabetes, but she did grow up with Roxy, and Roxy does. So for all of you who are always like, I want to hear from someone, all right, I heard you. Here it is, okay? But this is only going to be one perspective. Zoe's an adult, so is Roxy, and they had their experience. If you've had a different experience or would like to shine a different light on the subject, reach out and let me know. You might just be able to get on the podcast to tell your story. When you get on the podcast and people are listening, I'll ask them to remember that nothing they hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and I'll further ask them to consult a physician before making any changes to their healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Zoe and Roxy's wild ride. Here it comes. I think this is very nice of you to do. Thank you. Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> Hold on one second. Let me help my daughter with insulin real quick. No problem. Okay. Her pump is at the very end of its insulin. We sort of oh. no- we sort of noticed that in the car driving to school this morning. So <laughs> the minute I'm done Uh-oh. speaking to you, I'm going to take her some uh, insulin in a new pod. Uh, okay. But we're good. Yeah. We're going to make it through this. <laughs> okay. Don't you worry. Do whatever you have to do. No, please. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. So uh, you probably don't listen to this podcast. I don't know. My sister does. Which makes 100% sense. (laughs) Yeah. So let me just tell you before we start, it's pretty laid back and conversational. I'm not going to ask you anything you don't already know the answer to. If I do, just be like, I don't want to answer that or whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. If if you and I end up getting along really well and a half an hour from now I say something and you're like, "Mm, that's more like we've known each other for six months, Scott, then just... (laughs) cruise past it. I'm usually that person so that's oh, okay. are you really yeah I, I'm I like am. freakishly open <laughs> I am too so I'll get into a setting with people by the way we're recording uh, I'll get into a <laughs> setting with people who I don't know and 15 minutes into it they're looking at me like is there anything left about your life you haven't told us <laughs> yeah I pretty much offer it all up in the beginning why so. do, you, do you know why first of all who are you tell people who you are oh <laughs> my name is Zoe I am the sister of a diabetic. I'm the younger sister. Uh, my sister Roxy got diabetes when she was nine, I believe. Okay. Actually, she was eight. She turned nine in the hospital. 
No kidding. Good for her. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, how old is she <laughs> yeah. now? Do you know? Can you remember? Uh, she's going to be, she's going to kill me if I get this wrong. Um, she's going to be 33, I think, on March 18th. How old so are you? 32. I'm 28. So we're four and a half, four and a little bit years apart. Okay. Um, so yeah. when she was diagnosed, you were not even in school yet. Uh, no, I must have been in like, I don't know, kindergarten maybe or like preschool or something. Yeah, right around um, that age, right? I was like around four. So. Cool. Yeah, somewhere around there. Well, let's find out a little about you before we find out a little bit about Roxy. Okay. And you, or whatever it is Roxy did to you. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy uh, and Zoe. Are yes. your parents hippies? <laughs> so funny. Um, they sound like hippies when I describe them, but they're not really. Um, we They're from Vermont. Actually, they're from like Long Island and um, New Jersey, but they have taken on their Vermont personas very seriously. Um, we live like in the middle of nowhere. My dad wears all Carhartt. My mom is an artist. My dad is a woodworker. So yes, they sound like hippies, but what without would, the drugs. <laughs> what would they have been? I didn't expect hippies are always high, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, um, okay, yeah. What would they have been if they stayed on the island, do you think? Ooh, like, what were they running unhappy, from? Unhappy, for sure. Yeah, just like development all over the place. I think my mom, when she goes back to Long Island, is just like so sad to see um, that it's just like McMansions everywhere and stuff. She was looking for more open space. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. My dad constantly says, sitting on the front porch, looking out at the beautiful piece of land they own, makes you want to live in Manhattan. So <laughs> he really doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't care for the city. Your dad's sarcasm was grown in Vermont, I can tell. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've been to Vermont once. Here's what I know about Vermont. They don't like air conditioning mm -hmm. for some reason. Yeah, we don't have air conditioning. I was living in Phoenix, Arizona this past summer, and I had to get used to it because it's everywhere is air conditioned. Yeah, we just have open air. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I was there for a week. Yeah. Made me upset. <laughs> what part? I, I was near a, a big mountain. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> Be, here's, here, Zoe, here was my, my experience. Mm -hmm. We wanted to go on a end of summer vacation. Okay. So we sort of picked somewhere close by where we wouldn't have to fly, but it would still be far enough away. Rented this really beautiful house up on a mountain, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and had a pool. And we were like, this is it right here. <laughs> so my son was playing a baseball game in the afternoon. So my wife left for Vermont with my daughter. And I went to my son's baseball game. And when the baseball game was over, he and I headed up. We were probably a couple of hours behind them. It was like a six, no, like a four and a half hour drive. So I don't yeah. know where that puts us, right? And Where are you from? New Jersey. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, so I've insulted you. <laughs> no, no. Are you kidding? I'm actually from Philadelphia. I just live in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, I see. Yeah. Well, hi. Just kidding. <laughs> my wife got a really good job. Mm, fair enough fair enough <laughs> um one day we hope to be able to afford a ton of carnhardt and a place where nobody can get to us <laughs> <laughs> live in the dream see how long we can stand each other before we uh one of us murders the other one yeah um, i'm surprised they're still perfectly happy shockingly no kidding it does start to, it is starting to right we're jumping around so i <laughs> so i the game ends and i'm on my way to vermont with my son and my daughter calls my daughter's name is arden and she says, um, mom says there's no air conditioning in this house. <laughs> and I said, that's impossible. I know how much I paid for this house. It's a vacation home. Look around harder. Maybe it's on a separate system. Yeah, and, what you uh, do is you just open the doors um, 
And that's your air conditioning. Yeah. We, we didn't figure that out right away. So <laughs> um, then we figured it out. And then everybody, and by everybody, I mean the other three people in my family were so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I feel like, I don't know. I used to just put fans in my room, I guess. I don't know. People are, it's funny though. People bring that up often. Like, oh yeah, there's no, there's no air conditioning. My house is always somewhere between 68 and 70 degrees year round. Mm. Yeah. Mine is 68 and I've been getting a lot of like heat for that lately because apparently I know people who keep their house at 55 and I was like, you're a psychopath. Oh That's ridiculous. Gosh. Listen, so. I want the world to thrive, but not bad enough to be cold. My <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well. So my, my highlights from my Vermont trip were, was this, this is exactly the highlight. This is the thing about Vermont. I will never in my entire life forget <laughs> on our way to do some sightseeing. We were going to go drive up a mountain and walk around, have some Ben and Jerry's, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. On, on the way to that event, we passed a, what I'm going to call about a 25-foot travel trailer that looked <laughs> like it was 50 years old. Uh-huh. It was on the front yard of a home. It had a chicken wire fence around it. The doors were ripped off of it, and it was being used as a giant. Do you want to guess, or should I say? Um, I feel like it could have been definitely for some sort of animal. Good. Am I on the right track? Keep going. Okay. okay. I want to say cows, but I don't know if they'd fit in comfortably, <sighs> although they often keep cows pretty uncomfortable. So I guess either chickens or goats, maybe? Oh, my God. You got it. It was a giant chicken coop. This is amazing. <laughs> My parents had chickens for a while, so <laughs> I'm no stranger to a chicken coop. That was that was my favorite part of the trip. Uh, my second, yeah, that fa- sounds about right. <laughs> my second favorite part was finding this little tiny movie theater that was uh-huh. like privately owned and had these little digital theaters in it. That was yeah. pretty much it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would go back if it was closer to something and had air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, right. you can go in the winter and then it's like really cozy, you know. So you Hopefully guys, there's heat. <laughs> please. So you guys grew up in Vermont together, you and your sister. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, my sister. Uh, yeah, I was born in Vermont. She was technically born in Jersey, but um, yeah, we grew up in pretty, Bennington, pretty. Vermont. Okay. Um, what is your like earliest remembrance of her having type one? I remember her getting it, which I'm realizing now. I think are probably some of my earliest memories, like at all. Because, um, yeah, I was about four. She, uh, we like realized, or I didn't realize anything, but my my mom realized something was wrong because we were skiing. And I think we had like the little kid, it was like the 90s. So we had those like onesie suits, mm-hmm. which is like impossible to go to the bathroom in. Um, and my sister had to pee like every single run. And my mom was like, what the hell is going on here? Um <laughs> And that's like, I remember being on the chairlift and my mom being like concerned about that. Um, and then I remember being in the hospital cause it was her birthday. Um, I was having a grand old time. I loved hospital uh, pudding. So that was a <laughs> highlight for me. <laughs> Not for her. Yeah, you're a um, simple child, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times. Um, yeah, I was like four. So I remember that. I remember like my family crying. I'd never seen my dad cry before. I remember seeing him cry. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, so I remember when she got it. Um, and then, like, you know, I, she's, like, so responsible. And I don't know if it's because she had diabetes, like, because she, she got it so young, yeah. or if she always would have been like that. But 
Um, I remember like my mom giving us like going to like this um, chocolate shop in Manchester, Vermont, and my sister getting like one chocolate and like savoring it for <laughs> like hours on end, like unbelievable self-control. And I had eaten like 17 of them by that time or something like that. Well, I'm doing the math over here. Uh, I got eight minus uh, three minus eight. I got to carry the one. That's 13. So now I'm five. And then that makes the three a two. So your sister got diabetes like 25 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> I am not good at math. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Ish. Why do you need math in Vermont? I'm well, I'm in law school, so I really don't need math. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, my dad must use a lot of math building furniture and such. I'll tell you, it took it took no math to rip the door off that trailer and let those yeah, chickens exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. Only to count your chickens. That's all you need to do. <laughs> I really, yeah, did, I, she must have had it for like twenty, yeah, something some, like that. Something like that. Okay, so a really mm-hmm. long time. And how long did you guys live together out of those twenty-five some years? Um, let's see. Uh, until she was well, you know, I mean, you know, counting when she'd come back in the summer for college, or. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Up until she was eighteen, okay, we always lived together. All right, so for about a decade, you you existed together while you were aging from four or five to fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, gotcha. All right, now, initially, I wonder when you started really being aware of impact on you. I guess I should ask: Is was there impact on you that you're aware of? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think so, really. I mean, other than like, there was a phase where my um, mom, like, I remember having to get like a shot or I don't know. I remember like being at the doctor for them to, I must have been getting like vaccinations anyway or something. Mm -hmm. But I remember being told that they were like checking to see if I, if I could also have diabetes. And realistically, like up until, I don't know, a couple of years ago. My mom, if I ever said, like, I don't know, I have to pee all the time or something, my mom would be like, maybe I have diabetes. <laughs> like, that was that's always her initial reaction. To anything. Yeah, to anything. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm thirsty. You have diabetes. Like, I don't really feel like I got, there was that much impact. I remember, like, feeling, you know, I was the younger one, too. So, I think, if anything, like, Roxy just became, like, more and more responsible, and like an older sister would anyway. Um, yeah, I don't remember feeling like, like definitely not jealous or anything. I don't know. You did, did they spend more time with her than you because of the mm. diabetes? No, I don't think so. My, um, my mom like worked at home. She's an artist. So she was like at home with us mm. mostly. Um, so at that point, I think when she first got it, I was still young enough that I probably was only in school like half the day or something. So I was home with her more than, more than my sister was. Do you have an appreciation for how your parents felt away from your sister? Did they ever say or do or act in a way that made you realize the diabetes was concerning to them? Yeah, I think my, I remember my dad getting a beeper because it was the nineties, like I said. Yeah. And that was like a big thing because he needed to like constantly be, be in contact. I remember, I think she had like a couple seizures in the, beginning um at some point that i think were i don't know you could probably tell me if they were related to diabetes or not um but i remember my my sister 
like pretending she had one when we were like really young and freaking my mom out and like see it's horrible now that I think about it like seeing my mom's reaction really like kind of instilled in me like how much she was like constantly worried I don't think she really expressed it outwardly as much as I now realize that she probably had like a constant fear I feel like you're already nervous when you have kids anyway not that I would know but and then on top of that getting diabetes is like makes you paranoid probably it does a little bit and by the way uh if it helps you i feel comfort i not that you need my approval but (laughs) not having children until after you're 30 huge win for you yeah (laughs) seriously i am so not ready to have kids so that's good to hear yeah probably don't even know yourself yet (laughs) so your parents i guess we should go back for a second maybe walk me through a little more your sister pretending to have a seizure to freak your mom out so this is just a prank right Let's do these quick today, shall we? You want to get the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump? You can. You want to try it before you buy it? You can. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation pod experience kit, a demo. It will come to you right in the mail. You can put it on yourself or a loved one, whomever it's for. Wear it. Live with it. Frolic about. Take a shower. Take a bath skydive if you're a skydiver you know what i'm saying do what you do in it and see what you think if you want to keep moving after that omnipod would be thrilled to help you and if you don't it's fine no pressure no harm in trying myomnipod.com forward slash juice box takes about three minutes and that thing will be on its way to you now the dexcom g6 continuous glucose monitor can't get you a free demo of that, but I can send you to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to really look through the details. When you get there, you're going to find out about rise and fall alerts, right? Find out if your blood sugar's going up or going down, if it's going up fast or going down fast. It can tell you that. You can set the alarms to tell you when you want to know. It's not like it always tells you at one number. It tells you when you want to know. It'll also tell up to 10 of your followers. You can choose 10 people to follow your blood glucose. Their phone can get alarms as well. So you have a backup. Or if you're a parent, you know, it's easier to manage if everybody's seeing what's going on in real time. When we're pre-bolusing with Arden's Omnipod, we always use the data from the Dexcom G6 to tell us how far in advance we need insulin. Right, do we have a little bit of a high blood sugar we need to get down before lunch? That's easy to do. And it's not as scary. You can correct the high. This is how I do it. You correct the high, and then you can still do your pre-bolus. It's amazing. Just having that information in front of you opens up your possibilities. And it allows you to make really fine decisions or bold decisions with your insulin. Arden's been wearing an Omnipod since she was four and a Dexcom since like, I don't know, so many generations of Dexcom ago, I've lost track. Years and years. These two tools are at the core of how Arden manages her blood sugar. And be clear what that means. Arden has no diet restrictions. As a matter of fact, about three minutes ago, she pre-bolused for macaroni and cheese. And her A1C has been between 5.2 and 6.2 for over six years. All that is accomplished with the Omnipod and the Dexcom. I can't be uh, more precise because that's all there is to it. 
Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links right there in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com. Have a couple seconds today and you'd like to support the show and add your voice to type one diabetes research that matters. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Check it out. So this is just a prank, right? I'm not sure of the timeline, but I remember her like not being in school because we were in the same elementary school, I think briefly maybe, or um, but there's more I remember than one like school in she hadn't gone to school that day or something like that. Um, and people knew that like my, my parents' friends knew that because we come from like a really small town and everyone's a doctor. Um, and so I think she had had a seizure or something. And then uh, we were like we were in bed. My mom would read to us before bed. Um, and we were in my parents' bed, like reading and my sister. Um, yeah. Like I think she told me what she was going to do. Cause I wasn't freaked out. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not remembering it quite clearly, but <laughs> she, I remember her like kind of like pretending she was having like convulsions and she like rolled her eyes back into her head. And my mom was like, screaming and like jumping up and down um did she call your dad's beeper did she what did she call your dad's beeper (laughs) no no, there wasn't enough time before my sister like started laughing and my mom was like "Ah!" she was so mad and i don't blame her eventually (laughs) when you saw miami vice did you think your dad was like a cocaine drug lord (laughs) i've never seen miami oh okay never mind (laughs) (laughs) but that's funny um i remember thinking his beeper was like super cool um because cell phones weren't really a thing yet. Definitely had, like, not. Big, yeah. I mean, you know, people had them, but not. Like, I remember him getting a cell phone, too. That was a big deal. <laughs> so your sister was in, as you as you recall, was she the manager of her insulin and things like that? Did she basically take care of herself? Yeah. Well, she was pretty young at first. And I remember she had a, um, a pen, like a, that you had to, like, stab into her thigh mm-hmm. every time. Um, and that was, I remember her like crying and being really upset that she had to do it in the earlier times. Cause she was only nine. So, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, I don't, she had a pump. She got a pump pretty quick. Maybe, I don't know. I want to say when she was like 12 or 13, but I'm not sure. Okay. And it was like the mini med, I think. Is that right? And then that is she got like the a desitronic. Is that something like that? Or do you... say it again. Yeah. She got a mini med one first. I remember that one. What was the second one right? you said? Like desitronic or something. I don't know what it's called. Hold on a second. It's you're really yeah, close. It just made me laugh. That's all. I, oh. <laughs> would, would it have been medtronic maybe? I remember it starting with a D, but now she has a different med one. So okay. for a while she had this one that started, I thought it started with a D. I don't know. But it had a, um, it was like clear. So it looked like robotic and it was cool. And she pretty much, yeah, handled all that. I remember her like watching her like put in her site. I used to want her to um, test my blood sugar. <laughs> it was fun. Do you remember why you wanted your blood sugar checked or just because she was your older um, sister, you think? I think my mom wanted to do it to like see. I'd probably her like wondering if i had diabetes um but i just thought it was cool and um i want i think i wanted to be like it doesn't hurt like you know because she always had like little calluses all over her fingers from right. doing it and you were like i won't have calluses do it to yeah, me. yeah. 
I'm wondering. <laughs> like one time. I'm trying to imagine if I, if your mom didn't maybe pull you aside and try to be like, wouldn't it be cool to check your blood sugar like your sister uh, and try to talk you into it so she could see you if you're. Possible. I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember I, her like changing the needle and stuff, but that's funny. Well, so, <laughs> so this is really, I, I know you probably don't feel like it, but I think it's very interesting to hear that you have memories, but they're not. Like it's not horror stories, or do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it, it's interesting. Not. It's definitely interesting. So, um, I think your sister contacted me and said, um, "Hey, I know you want to have on some siblings, and I think my sister Zoe would do it." And I was like, "That's great." And then there was something about a. She's like, "Make sure you tell. Is there a story, or was that the seizure story? Is the story?" Or? Oh <laughs> no, there's another story. Okay. Um, this is probably the closest we come to a horror story, but it wasn't. Roxy was just like always so cool about everything, which is funny because she's kind of a hypochondriac and by her own admission. Um, but I guess once you get diabetes, you're like, <laughs> I can't suspect I have it. I already have it. So um, <laughs> she, she, about that stuff, she was always like pretty independent and very like responsible which I was not. So the only way in which she screwed me over is that I was a younger child and she never did anything bad. So when I did anything as like a high schooler, it was like the end of the world, mm -hmm. but she was in college and she had come home. I guess probably I was a sophomore in high school. I think it was like spring of my sophomore year. And, um, she had come home for, I guess, summer break. Cause they get out early and she had her wisdom teeth out. And I can't now remember if it was something to do with like the medication they gave her after her wisdom teeth or if something just like malfunctioned with her pump, but it, her pump stopped working. My parents were out of town. They had gone to South you know, North Carolina or something for my cousin's graduation. And my grandmother was still alive at that point, but she was like practically blind I was 15. Um, like I said, we live on a mountain, like the backside of a mountain, and we're about 25 minutes from town. And my sister's like, something is wrong. I don't, like, I can't really see very well either. She was like, I think her, her pump had stopped working and her blood sugar, something happened. It was really yeah. high maybe, or yep. is that right? No, really nope. low. No, I, no, I think really high if it stopped working. Yeah, you would know. And so I had my permit at the time. Um, I guess, but you can't get your license until you're 16. So I was, I was probably like 15 and a half. My grandmother is the only one there. She can't see anything. I only have my permit. My sister's like about to pass out and I had to drive <laughs> down into town and take her to the hospital because I was the only one who was like able to drive physically. And we figured if I got pulled over, it'd be a pretty good excuse. And my grandma, I guess it was fine because she was in the car, but she couldn't see anything. So it was pretty, how would she uh, know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like well, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, that was that was. Um, That's kind of cool, though. Kind of funny. <laughs> that sounds like diabetes brought you like a, a a fun. Did you tell your parents afterwards? Yeah. Well, that um, later that night, uh, obviously, I was never neglected by my sister's diabetes because what I remember more is that I got sprayed by a skunk that night um, coming home. I got sprayed on like my bare leg, just like point blank, got sprayed by a skunk and was home alone because Roxy wasn't there. 
and my grandma was with her. Was this? And I was like, "Oh my god!" Was so the skunk that's at home? My biggest memory. Was the skunk at home, or did you take Roxy to an animal hospital when her blood sugar got really high? <laughs> nope, the skunk was at home eating cat food from our porch. As you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. As skunks do. Mike's the cat and the skunk were buddies, but skunk did not like me. There yeah, was. so that's what I remember. And also, Roxy had to go. Apparently, there was like no room in the hospital in the normal places so she was in the icu Mm -hmm. but not because she was in intensive care and i didn't really know what icu stood for and so people were calling me and i was telling them she was in the icu (laughs) and um that was shocking i think to some people but yeah she was fine almost a perfect story i here's where here's what i thought i was so excited for half a second because you're like my grandmother was really old and almost and in the pause between almost and when you said blind i thought you were gonna say and almost dead and i don't know that's just like i was as i was thinking ahead and then you're like blind i'm like that's even better it's like how are they going to like fix this like the 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 sister's losing her eyesight because her blood sugar is so high uh you're a child grandmom's yeah. blind you live on a mountain <laughs> yeah it's like the perfect storm i thought you were gonna it. ride a goat to the hospital for a second <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> that would have been epic like and borrow the the uh neighbor's like horse and buggy <laughs> and put your grandmom and your sister on it and then you pull it by what i'm assuming is like a frayed rope oh yeah maybe i could have driven the john deere we have one of those i have to that tell you um going into vermont the first time because we're making some fun of it but we shouldn't be Mm -hmm. my (laughs) wife and my wife and i said to each other if there was a way to make money here we'd move here immediately yeah it's beautiful it is it's gorgeous i went yeah what i yeah i'm probably not gonna be able to move back there for a long time but um that's my goal and the cold doesn't bother you in the winter no i think i mean sometimes it gets you know like really bad if it's windy and like below zero but i grew up like because there was nothing else to do in the winter, we would, if you got like, you know, I don't know if you're like an honor student or something, you got a really cheap uh, ski pass to not like the nicest mountain, but a pretty nice mountain. And so we just go skiing every weekend, pretty much, or snowboarding. Good students would get a cheaper pass to ski. Yeah. That's kind of brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Encouraging kids to do well so they can, in a, they can in a ski more, for cheaper. In a more suburban setting, how would you incentivize children for good grades? Like I'm trying to think around here, like what could you give them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like there's nothing. Mm, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know what you could do. Gotcha. All right, listen. Hey, what what kind of an attorney do you want to be? Um, I'm going to be an immigration attorney. You're a nice person. <laughs> I try. I don't think you have to try, Zoe. It sounds like it's happening. Um, yeah, it's important to me. So. <laughs> Where do you live right now? Are you in Vermont? Uh, no, I go to school in Rhode Island, um, but I'm moving to Arizona in September. Ah, okay. How did you become interested in immigration law? Because there certainly aren't a lot of people from outside of the United States trying to get into Vermont and having trouble. <laughs> no, think. not at all, which right? is why I say I will probably never, probably won't be able to end up back there for a long time. I used to live in South America for uh, about three years. I learned Spanish became fluent in Spanish and I kind of like fell in love with the the Chilean culture. Mm-hmm. And I think when you live in a different country, you kind of get, you know, a sense that like, well, every culture is different and, you know, you have a better appreciation for the fact that everyone's human and, you know, ultimately wants the same thing and human rights are important. 
Yeah, I said to my wife the other day, I forget what political thing we were talking about, but I said, I think everyone should have to live somewhere else for five minutes just so they can. Yeah. Because there's there's a world out there that if you haven't seen it, you imagine what it's like and you're probably pretty wrong. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of, um, I'll probably be working with a lot of kids seeking asylum. I'm going to be working with the uh, organization called the Florence Project in um, Arizona. I haven't, I haven't started yet, but congratulations. So they have a children's team that I'll be working on. So before I ask you a couple of serious questions, I want to ask you <laughs> one more silly question that's going to alienate another entire state of people. <laughs> Are people from Rhode Island weird? Um, they love Rhode Island a lot. So kind of, they, <laughs> they're just like, like if they never left Rhode Island, they don't think they'd care very much. What is it about there? Because it, it, my question is, a uh, is, uh, based on the calls coming from inside the house. This is from what I hear from people who are in Rhode Island, that there's like, mm-hmm. there's something particular about them. They fit well together. And then they seem like you can, as soon as you move them out of Rhode Island for five seconds, you can look at them and go, you know, I think that person was from Rhode Island. Now, yeah. Wh- why yeah. is that? What is it about? I don't know. Well, their accent, first of all, is pretty intense. I don't know. Rhode Island is so unique, I think, with like the even the geography of it. They're like super proud of very strange things like stuffies, they call them, or basically just like stuffed cohogs. But they're more breading than anything else, so I don't really understand what the big to do is. Hold on a second. Um, I'm googling what you just said. Stuffies, <laughs> stuff going. Is it they call I- them stuffies. I don't know. I E S. I think so. yeah. I do not want to end up on a website where guys are dressed like cartoon <laughs> characters. I'm Tread trying lightly. To, trying to be really yeah. careful here. Rhode honestly. Island stuffies, maybe. I don't uh, know. Yeah. They're yeah. They're just like really, really proud of Rhode Island, but also, I mean, because I've been kind of involved in the Rhode Island legal community it's like you have to be so careful because it's such a tiny state and everyone knows everything about everyone mm-hmm. um it's basically like like high school for states it's like very clicky almost stuffies stuffed quahogs cohog cohogs yeah. Hold on. Co-hog. Stuffed cohog or stuffies are popular elsewhere in New England, but only in Rhode Island are their annual cohog festivals in Warren <laughs> and a fictional town called Cohog in a popular TV show called Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Cohogs, of course, are the large, of course. I'm still wondering what in God's <laughs> name is this thing, and I'm looking yeah. at it, and and a the giant text, clam, and the text says, of course, cohogs, of course are the large hard-shelled clams native to this area, the ones used in the chowders and clam cakes. Quahog comes from the Indian name, wow, Papa Guacachaki. And um, <laughs> there's a lot of words here I can't pronounce. Cultivated in clams for food and ornaments, the introduction of them, the area's first European settlers. For this dish, let's finish this up. The clam meat gets <laughs> chopped up and mixed with breadcrumbs, herbs, mm-hmm. and finely diced onions, bell peppers, and celery. The whole savory mess is then baked in the clamshell. Yeah. All right, then. And you say they love them and they're a little too proud of them. Is that what you're getting at? (laughs) I think they're just like a little too proud of everything, maybe. Like their beaches. I'm like, I don't know. Their, Their beaches are like kind of crowded and have a lot of red seaweed in them. But they love it. 
But good for I them. live in Bristol, Rhode Island, and it's really cute. It's kind of like a sweet little harbor town. But in the summer, yeah, it gets kind of like unbearable. There's I usually leave, but um, there's just like people everywhere. I sound like my parents. <laughs> <laughs> this Long Island, it's overwrought. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. got to get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Makes you want to live in Manhattan. All right. So it makes you want to live in Manhattan. <laughs> Could easily be the title of this episode. Um, yes. <laughs> so have you ever, and I'm sorry if I'm the one putting this into your head, are, are you aware that you know, people get type one diabetes at all ages. Yeah. So it seems like people, I don't think this is um, scientific at all, but in my experience, it's like you either get it when you're like, you're three, like nine. It's, it's like everyone I've ever talked to has always gotten it in these weird times or like early teens or like early twenties. I know I knew a girl in college who when I went to college with her, she didn't have diabetes and she got it when she was like 22 maybe. Yeah. I have met somebody who's been diagnosed at every age you can imagine right up to 66. Wow. So Wow, with type 1. Yes. Oh, my time is still still don't, yet to come. Don't lose faith. No. <laughs> yeah, I too could have diabetes. <laughs> One day, of course. Uh, <laughs> see, aspirational is the way to go. Um, yes, if I try hard enough. Uh, my question was, of course, is did you ever think about it? But your experience was that it's for younger. You feel like you, you until a second ago, felt like you had lived. <laughs> like I was safe. Sorry. <laughs> felt like you had lived past the age where this could happen to you. Um. Yeah, I guess I, like, don't. I, yeah, I don't worry about it. I've, like, honestly never worried about it, mm -hmm. though. I mean, that would suck. But I guess, <laughs> you know, at least I'd have an older sister who knew everything about everything to tell me. It's weird because in our family, there's nobody else in our family who has it, like, that we knew of ever. Hmm. So, I don't know. I thought, isn't it possible to, like, when you get it as, like, you get a virus as a kid or something like that? Is that? Well, my my best understanding of the medical idea is that you have genetic markers that make you more or less likely to have it. And mm -hmm. that oftentimes something happens that sort of sparks off that solar flare in your body and you know um for my daughter i think she got hand foot mouth disease which mm -hmm. is just a simple thing kids get and yeah it's probably in that moment her immune system got confused and attacked her pancreas instead of the hand foot mouth uh-huh um, you know so you can get a yeah, virus that could spark i don't that. remember i don't if roxy was i don't remember roxy getting like a sickness or something but she yeah. probably did because I remember like them talking about that being a, a possible way, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm still not really, so you, <laughs> I always tell her that like, it's, it's good that she got it on me because I would probably be dead. Cause I'm so irresponsible do, with that kind of stuff. And she's just like unbelievably on it. So yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think about it that much. I mean, maybe I will now I'll have to call you back in a month and tell you if I'm like losing sleep over well, being there, terrified so of diabetes. For your, there is something you could do called trial net where they would test you for the markers and tell you if you have any, so mm. if you're interested, I feel you like, could. do you think they would have done? Is that something that's new? Um, n not new as in like today, but newer than 25 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so they probably wouldn't have done that. Cause I do remember. I don't know. They probably just like tested my blood sugar or something when mm -hmm. I was young to figure it out. But yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe so, I'll do it. So while we're heading down this road, before we get off of it onto another idea, um, ever considered 
what it would be like. Do you ever worry that your children might get type one? Um, no, mainly because I haven't really thought about having kids. Have you ever, have you ever worried Zoe that one day you'd come on a podcast to do a favor for your sister (laughs) and the host would make you freak out about your future? (laughs) About whether or not I'm late to the party of motherhood. Um, Roxy and I talk about like kids a lot and being like, we, we kind of go back and forth. Like I used to really, really want kids. Mm -hmm. And now I don't really do because mainly not diabetes, but I do think like, Oh my God, I would never stop worrying. And that's part of it. I think I would worry more about like, I don't know, like autism maybe or something like that. Getting hit by a car, some, some weirdo on the mountain snatching you something like that. Yeah, yeah like your baby growing up crash. in a chicken coop inside of a trailer on some guy's exactly. front yard. Yeah, I hear Maybe you. get bucked off a horse. I don't know, run over by a tractor. Well, I think obviously, if if you if you don't have type one, there's uh, there's plenty of other things in the world to worry about. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're yeah. going to run around worrying, I don't. You know, I I think to sit and think that you're going to get, you know, have some malady in the future or disease is is not a good use of your time. Um, but I was just wondering, like, you know, if you you would consider that. But it's interesting. You've gotten to the age where you realize about yourself that if that baby comes out of you, you're that's it. That's the rest of your life. Like you said, your mom is still like, right? If you're like, I peed today. She's like, you're <laughs> yeah. right? And how old's your mom? Uh, 66, 67. Do you really want to be worrying about a 28-year-old when you're 67? No, no not at all. Of course not. But you I'm will like, if you have yeah. one. <laughs> I know I will, which is pretty much the the turn off at this point. It's so funny. I every time I say that, like my aunt, I have a lot of aunts, and they're always like take it personally. They they're like very offended. Like, oh, you you want to have kids? Like I'm like have insulted them because they had kids, and I'm and my cousins too. I'm like, it's not it's nothing personal. My, I just it's yeah. hard. My aunt and uncle didn't have children. One of my aunts and uncles, and people were always hard on them. And I always just yeah. thought, like, yeah, they don't seem like they want to. Leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, my I'm not engaged or anything. My boyfriend is – I think he would be, like, a really lovely father. But I think he also – you know, we like to travel. I have a dog. She's sitting right here. That's a big She's, enough mistake, in my opinion. Yes. But I hear you. Very, yeah. very committed to mm-hmm. her fuzzy little face. But – Did your boyfriend – is your boyfriend going to find out on this podcast that he's not having kids? Is that what's <laughs> – No. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that a lot. I think it would be such a good dad, which is like the only reason I'm like not 100%. But I'm like, but what if I'm just like a really bad mom? And then I'm like, oh, man, you know, a kid with diabetes, that'd be really hard, especially like worrying all the time. I would imagine. I think my parents like played it really cool. But I think my mom was always concerned. Was probably. But Roxy was just like such a responsible teenager. I think having a kid with diabetes, I would really worry about like drinking and stuff because that would really like make your blood sugar go haywire, I guess, especially if you're like really drunk and don't know what's going on. Could make it lower, could put you in a situation where you might misuse the insulin or something. We have an entire episode about drinking heavily on with diabetes. I remember being in high school and there was a kid in my high school who had diabetes and his parents were like very like helicopter always like really, really worried. And I remember him getting uh he was always just like very sweet and kind of innocent and i remember him just getting like really really drunk one night and everyone was like 
he was like passed out and everyone was like oh what do we do like asking me if we should like i was like i don't know we get like test his blood sugar i don't know where his tester is like it was scary for me and i'm not i'm not his mom i don't know so this is interesting right and I, by the way, I'm really very much enjoying this. It's not going anywhere the way I expected, but I like what you're, <laughs> you're saying. So in a high school drinking situation, when a child who has type 1 passes out, you become the de facto doctor because your sister had diabetes. Yeah, pretty much. But in truth, you don't know what the hell you're doing. I have no idea. I was right. like, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah, you should never put your life in the hands of drunk people. <laughs> no, ne- definitely not. 100% no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, listen, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but is the boyfriend coming to Arizona? Am I about to break you up? I'm sorry. Does he not know you're going to Arizona? Did you hang up? What just happened? Can you hear me? Okay. okay. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, he wants to get his LLM in tax law. So the schools in Arizona don't offer that program. So we'll be we'll be doing long distance for a year or so. No kidding. That's interesting. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. This might come as a sad, horrifying shock to you. But <laughs> if you do a long distance relationship for a year, mm-hmm. you're going to end up having a baby. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why? Why? Because that's a ton of commitment to somebody. You're going to do a long-distance relationship for a year and then not marry a girl and make her pregnant one day? Can I just marry him and not get pregnant? I mean, you could try, but... (laughs) I'm doing my best. (laughs) I can promise you that. You could try if you want to. Hmm. What are you going to do if your internal lady parts start telling you you have to make a baby? Will you be able to fight them off? Yeah, well, I think that already happened, like, when I was, like, 22, and I was, like, had baby fever, and now I'm, like, oh, they're so sticky. Every time they touch everything, they're sticky. That's how I feel about kids. It's so they're interesting. very sticky. It's very interesting to hear you say that, because I'm a, uh, a firm believer in that idea of there's, like, certain times when you just, you know, the women who are around you are, like, now would be a great time to have a baby, and you're, like, why? Yeah. I don't understand. Like, why? And then <laughs> no. it's confusing, you know... Because your bits are really fun, and then it gets confusing. So you're like in a mad tear, and we have no ability to defend that. And mm-hmm. then you end up with a baby. That's how it yeah. goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's worth it for me. It's a lot. I, I have two children that I love immensely, and I'm not yes. certain it's worth it for me, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely something to think about. And they're actually lovely kids, like bright mm-hmm. and thoughtful and not they're not a problem. They don't create like extra problems in my life. Just them being human creates a lot of problems in my life. It's hard. I mean, like, like my dog has recently decided she will not sleep on the floor. Like always has to sleep in the bed in between me and my boyfriend. Oh, I'd throw the bed away. But go ahead. This is rough. I mean, like it's hard and and she's too cute. I don't want to move. I personally think she's cuter than a kid, but you know, I might think differently if I created a human. Hey, just for just so people know, when you just said this is rough and you were talking about your dog, that wasn't a pun, right? <laughs> no, I did make a pun earlier with getting heat for keeping my thermostat at 68, but that was unintentional. Oh, no kidding. Roxy will be proud, though. She loves puns. <laughs> what, so, okay. So you've never really <laughs> – so here's what I'm learning, and this is – and by the way, I know you're going to think, oh, this is, uh, you're going to probably think this was a waste of time after I say this, but I think the opposite. <laughs> you don't know anything about type 1 diabetes. You weren't really impacted no. by it at all. You're not a different person because of it. 
your sister's not unhappy because of it. You know, that's going to be a really wonderful thing for people to hear. Because what I hear from people is that, oh, we spend more time with Billy. And I know for sure that Joey's upset about it. But I think Mm -hmm. people are just projecting their onto their younger kids. He looks upset. They're kids. Like, oh, like their parent, the parents are worried that they're, yeah, they're worried that they're screwing something up. See, this is interesting because you were, you were raised in a time where people didn't, I hope, I hope this doesn't come to a shock to younger people. People didn't really care that much about their kids. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you, you hear what I'm saying. I mean, it was like way more chill. We're like, I don't know, go play in the neighborhood. Like, meh, no one thought you were going to get kidnapped. Like, Nothing. Listen, growing up, I was like a little fat kid growing up. And <laughs> and there was a boy at the pool where I lived who tried to kill me. And every oh, other boy, God. like every summer, he would drown us, right? <sighs> yeah, and they're like, oh, whatever. No one gave Horse a crap. Around. No one said a word. My parents are watching me be drowned. They're like, look at him making friends. You, you know, like it wasn't. <laughs> it, and And... By the way, that experience and many others led me to figure out how to stop that kid from trying to drown me. Like yeah, I, d- I developed a personality around keeping a larger, stronger person from trying to kill me because mm-hmm. I couldn't run away. Like you know, because I had had too many candies, so I had to. Um, <laughs> so I had to. I had to like talk my way. I had to be a person who he least wanted to drown. Yeah. Right. There you go. And I came up wow. with that because my Builds parents character. looked at me. Yeah. Well, my parents looked at me and they were like, "Whatever. Like, good luck." Y- you know. But looking back, I honestly think that's because they didn't. They just like, look, we made the baby. We're paying yeah. for its clothes. <laughs> we make sure it goes to school. It. What else do you want from me exactly? And you know. And so I think maybe that lack of, um, that lack of overt concern constantly is good for a kid and it would be great for parents if they weren't burdened with it constantly. But in this sort of last generation, they really got swallowed up by everything needs to be perfect for these kids. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't let anything bad happen to them. That's a, you know, a bit of a misnomer in some things. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you shouldn't let a bus hit them, but you know, (laughs) you might be able to, right. You know, there's some things you're going to have to defend them against, but there's some things you should just let them try. And uh, yeah, and see. like heroin. No, I'm just <laughs> exactly, Zoe. Like heroin, you should just you know like chill out. It's just just one a time, little mom. bit of heroin yeah. would be fine. Okay, we've just gone any over. bit. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And see, by the um, way, yeah, I don't think I. I mean, I think my parents did a really good job, and I think, like I said, looking back on it, they were probably my mom was probably like constantly freaking out, but she didn't let i don't know didn't let me know that um so she probably didn't let your sister know either yeah i don't think she did i think Roxy and i talked about this recently that like you know how hard it must have been to be already you're a worried parent and then on top of that your kid gets diabetes like that's a lot but um is roxy in vermont still no, she lives in Indiana. <laughs> All right, that's good because I'm going to have to ask her to be on the show and the internet in Vermont is terrible. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. It really is. It's just, I, I, there's a person I love who I want to be on the show more, but they live in Vermont, so they can't come on because it's hard. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like you got to walk to the local, the like local cyber cafe. AOL dial-up, like basically. I need <laughs> yeah, some bandwidth. Yeah, we have. We had dial-up all through high school, and then my parents just got rid of it altogether. Because it's um, not because it doesn't work. Now they have like DSL, I think. I don't know. Fancy, yeah, right, it's not right, the best. Right from eighty-seven, delightful, mm-hmm. um, straight out of it. Do you think Roxy <laughs> would come on? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
Definitely. That's cool. I think she's, well, I love the name of this podcast, by the way, because like some of my earliest memories are just like juice boxes everywhere. (laughs) So many juice boxes. (laughs) And I think also just like glucose tablets, like rolling around in the back of the car. Always. Oh, there's a juice box in the door of my car right now. And they're pretty, they're pretty much always is. Yeah. Like as my daughter. I think in terms of being um, jealous at any point, it was mainly just because, like, I I wanted to try her, like, weird, gross gel, like, sugar packet things. That was, like, the biggest biggest way in which she was favored. She had to eat gross glucose, and I didn't. You know, I'm going to have to, first of all, I'm going to have to have Roxy on to, like, tell us the rest of the story. I'm also going to have to, someone's going to reach out and be like, yo, I was this, you know, my sibling had a terrible time. And I'm going to want to talk to them too. And, it, yeah. but, but it's interesting because your parents are, are made for this really. Like they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. l- like, seriously, look at them. They're on Long Island. Plenty of people live very happily on Long Island, not them. They're like, we need more relaxed. And so yeah. they move to, a you know, probably the most, is it the most, come on, it's gotta be the, the chillest place in America, right? Vermont. I would, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, my mom, well, with this current political climate, it's very high strung. But I think it would be way worse if she was in a city. <laughs> Definitely would be exacerbated. Your mom is high strung because of the current political climate? Yeah, she's very angry. I don't blame her. I, I am you. too, but, you know, hey, preaching to the choir. Hey, so. listen, real quick, just so that we, um, uh, so that we can... Uh, be sure you were joking about children using heroin. Can you tell everybody for a second, just yes, in case? Definitely a joke. Do not condone <laughs> children and drug use. Not the coolest. Because your sarcasm was really smooth there, and I was like, "Oh hell, we're gonna have to double back to that for a second Because you just—I mean, heroin. Yeah, no. Uh, most things I say are sarcastic. My mom also doesn't get my sense of humor, which I think is frustrating for her. Art, my daughter has it. My daughter has it. My wife can't follow it sometimes. My son. Yeah. My son figured it out. Um, and, and he's using it now, but he's a little more like my wife. So it took him longer, but the other night I said something about, so this, there's a movie called the intern with Robert De Niro and, Oh yeah, I saw that. What's the other, what's the girl's name? Um, she's got like alabaster skin and dark hair and I don't remember. I don't like, I can't like even picture her right now, but I remember Robert De Niro. She was in that terrible Les Mis movie recently. Um, Anne Hathaway? And Oh yes. Who's so (laughs) Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro are in this movie. That's, I mean, it's not a good movie, right? Yeah. No, but I really like it. And so it, (laughs) and I've watched it like five times when it's been on cable and, Mm -hmm. and it comes on while we were helping Arden get ready for, she was going to, a thing where she was like doing her hair and everything and it comes on mm-hmm. I was like oh my god I love this movie it's my favorite movie <laughs> and a minute later Arden goes are you kidding about the movie I can't tell <laughs> and when she can't read my sarcasm I'm so thrilled yeah <laughs> because she's so good at it I'm like oh I yeah. so then I pressed it and so I was telling the truth but in a sarcastic tone I'm like I've seen this movie like five times it's great <laughs> And she and I said, I can't. Magic. Oh my god! So she's freaked out because I'm telling the truth in a in a tone that she reads as sarcasm. And then I said, "This Anne Hathaway, right?" And I said, <laughs> "Let me tell you something. If it was 15 years ago, you know who this Anne Hathaway would be." And my wife goes, "I know." And I said, "Who are you thinking, Kelly?" And she goes, "Julia Roberts." And I was like, "That's exactly what I was going to say." 
exactly what I was going to say. This is if in the in the heyday of the '90s films, Anne Hathaway would have been Julia Roberts. And Arden just looks at me and goes, "I cannot tell if you were telling the truth or not," and it's freaking me out. And I was like, "Thank you." How old is she? She's fifteen. Oh, oh yeah. I had I had very. Um... Mature sarcasm at fifteen. I'm pretty sure it oh. was fully developed. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I read it in you immediately. I was concerned that <laughs> everyone else didn't because sometimes yeah. I get notes from Just people. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I once in a while I get a note from people that it's like you're so full of yourself, and I'm like, you really have to find a sarcastic person, stay around them <laughs> for a couple of seconds so that you can hear that. Also, you're doing a podcast on type one diabetes, like, <laughs> and making it interesting. Yeah. yeah. Just say you thank you. Is that what you're saying, Zoe? Right? Don't s- I don't know. I feel like it's just like a weird, a weird dig to give someone who's doing something like this. I don't know. I know. It. it listen, it happens very infrequently, right? But mm. once in a while, and, and and it's funny. You don't realize this, Zoe, because you have no idea. This is an incredibly popular podcast. Yeah. Well, that's Rocky. That's what Rocky tells me. I'll have to start listening to so, it. So, so I find a way to make this. Like, I make diabetes fun should be my T-shirt, <laughs> right? Or funner, which is not a word, but really would be more, like, fun. you know, yeah. correct for people's feelings, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I because of, like, how um, – I can see how this would be incredibly interesting and helpful. Well, I mean, you know, my sister started listening to it. But I guess because of how responsible Roxy was and, like, her – you know, aside from the, you know, almost dying, going to the ICU and having her – Half blind grandma and fifteen year old sister driver. To the- One time, <laughs> like that was the biggest, you know. And you know, I. But to me, I also actually remember one time having to like go out at like, I don't know. I think her blood sugar was at like thirty eight or something like that. Right. And my dad being like, "We have to go find juice." Like driving around at like twelve thirty at night in some like town when we were on vacation. And I only, again, every time I remember something, it's because there was something about me in there too. So if you want to talk about being self-centered. No, but that, but you're a little kid. You probably, you should be self-centered. You're a little kid. And so I just think that as much as you're not going to really feel this right now, because you don't have diabetes and you don't have a child who has diabetes, the people who do are going to be incredibly comforted by your story. And your story really, seriously, your story really is, I grew up with a, Spout, uh, with a, a sibling that had type 1 diabetes and it didn't hurt my life and no not at all do you think it made you a it, in any way did it elevate you that you could tell um i <laughs> i mean you are I, I hope so i guess they're being like more compassionate or you know patient i guess but i mean it's really funny. There's like a running joke in my family because this one time I wrote this essay that I was supposed to write an essay about someone I looked up to and I wrote it about Roxy and I talked about how she had diabetes and she'd like, you know, overcome all this stuff. And of course, like everyone in my family was like, that's hilarious that you're using Roxy's diabetes to get good grades. And ever since then, there's been like this running joke that I like use her diabetes when it is convenient when it's convenient for you. <laughs> But officer, listen, I know I'm only 15 and a half, but my yeah, sister's got exactly. diabetes and my old grandmother's almost blind. So not a lot of options here. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? A lot of yeah. That would have been fine. Yeah. There's, um, 
Yeah, they they like still laugh about that. And I'm like, I was writing about how I look up to you. Do you did you really look up to her or were you like, hey, this yeah, diabetes is gonna get me this uh internship or something like that? No, no, I think no, oh god, I was so young, I don't think I was even looking for an internship. Right, right. But she I um I think I was probably in like sixth grade or something. No, I definitely I mean we're you know, we're we've gotten a lot closer and we're more, you know, I think we look to each other for different things now as both, you know, adults. Yeah. But as a kid, especially, I think I, you know, did, I definitely looked up to her a lot. Um, and I think, I mean, she's also like, <laughs> she was like the valedictorian of our high school and then graduated and I came in as a freshman. Like, I think I was like a, a disappointment. <laughs> like, oh, this screw up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell and you. Because she was so responsible. But I don't, I mean, I, I guess just being like more aware, but I really... I would love to say that it like affected me more, but maybe I just was being a, you know, self-centered little kid and didn't didn't really think about it. I'm so interested to talk to her now because I bet you she didn't think of herself as very responsible. Maybe that's how you saw it. We definitely need the other side of this now. Yeah, yeah I guess. We're going to get that. <laughs> you should have had both on. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Not at the same time. I need, uh, <laughs> my brain needs time to ferment and, uh, and feel all this stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm sure she'd come on. As an adult, do you guys talk about diabetes? Because you said you're close now. Does it come up ever, or does she not speak about it that much? Um, we it comes up just because, like, you know, but I mean, like, just for like logistics, like she'll. Um, I actually recently for Christmas I bought her a pair of nice leggings that have these really nice um pockets on the sides that are built in. And I was like, Oh, this would be perfect for Roxy's pump. But you know, other than that, I don't think she really, there were moments I think when she would be frustrated with, you know, implications of having it like, you you know, you have to eat sometimes you don't want to things like that. Yeah. But we don't, I don't know. I, it could just be because she's like, you know, she's 32 now and has it so down pat, but there's other stuff. I mean, it's always changing too. And, you know, like the, she has that patch thing now that like senses your blood sugar while like, so you don't have to like test all the time, Yeah. but kind of like adjusting to those things. Like, you know, she'll mention it in passing, like, Oh, so frustrating. You know, my A1C went up because the patch thing wasn't working and I'm like getting used to it. But I think it's just normal for me now. So I don't really think about it as being like, ah, yes, today she complained about her diabetes. Right. No, I wouldn't yeah, expect like, I that. I'm just interested. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> were you ever aware of, like, did you go to her appointments when she was little? Her doctor's um, Yes, her doctor was named Jill Abel Seth, and I really liked that. Um, and we would get to go to Albany, which is a city. So that's why I remember that. But again, I'm like, oh, I get to go get, like, I think we, like, went out to dinner in, we went to the Plum Blossom, which was a Chinese restaurant that was better than the one that was in our town. So that's like why I remember going to her doctor's appointment. <laughs> so two things, Abel Sack or Abel? Abel Seth. Jill Seth. Abel Seth, I believe was Seth. her name. Okay. I don't know if I'm supposed to be a broadcasting this. No, she's, I'm looking here. Oh, you find People her? seem to basically like her. She's Roxy in, really liked her. I remember that. Yeah. She's in Albany. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, she's still there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's still doing her thing in Albany. Yeah. Well, she was great. I don't know. Roxy was. Especially for a, like when kiddos get diabetes, I think it's probably like a hard transition. I can imagine it would be even harder though the older you get. So maybe getting it at nine was a blessing in disguise. Um, but yeah, she always seemed like 
very um like understanding and helpful as far as i remember yeah <laughs> no, well, people, maybe roxy will tell you something else well people um you know i think if they when they find a good doctor or one that they get along with they they stick to it and you obviously traveled that's really far to travel isn't it uh from bennington it was like an hour an hour okay so for yeah. an so to you you got to see the doctor who had did you just like her name I remember her being really nice, I think. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because we'd all always go in. I mean, yeah, they weren't going to, like, leave me at home because I was, like, six. So six. I think I'd had no choice, yeah. but I, I made it work. Yeah. And honestly, you're the bad seed. Something was going to go wrong. Exactly. So, yeah, right. for sure. I probably would have burned the house down if they left me alone. So, so. But your but your sister's endocrinologist visits were basically the, the, the doctor was nice and I got Chinese food that was better than the Chinese <laughs> food I had at home. Yeah. Well, that is it. <laughs> that's it. I think that's great. I think that's exactly how I expect it. So people ask me all the time, like, how does your son take this? And I was like, well, take what? Yeah. Like, like, what are you talking about? This is just, this is our, this is how it goes. This is our life, right? Like if, if Arden was a lacrosse player instead of had diabetes, there'd be things we'd have to do for lacrosse and it would impact Cole's life. And that would be our life too. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really yeah. see it as much different than that. I've tried asking him. He doesn't have any, he's like, you know, he he actually sounds like you. He's like, I don't know. So I remember this one time we went to a restaurant. We couldn't eat right away. Yeah. Like, like it wasn't a complaint. It was just a memory, you, you know? Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but he's like, other than that, like, whatever. I don't, I don't care. I don't think he, I don't think he sees her like diabetes at all. Like he'll ask sometimes about her overall health and we'll keep him filled in if something's going on with her, but mm -hmm. no more or less than we keep her filled in if something's going on with him or yeah, yeah. it's got doesn't have anything to do with the diabetes, really. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's a great. It's great that you're able to, you know, maintain that equilibrium. That's nice. Yeah, yeah like I remember having to, um, like Roxy would have to order diet soda, and they'd bring them, and sometimes you know waiters mix them up. So I would be like the guinea pig to have to taste both of them to make just like see which one's which before she drank it. Even and, that um, sounds fun. I hate diet soda now. Oh. Like I think it's so gross because of that. I think. Yeah. It is gross anyway, but yeah. It seems like your life is okay. Yeah. This, this diabetes did not beat you up I got much. sprayed by a skunk thanks to Roxy's diabetes. Got the drive before you were legal. Uh-huh. It's not that bad. I was really. doing that anyway. I hit a hay bale one time, though, when I was 13, so I did was on probation. Did your parents you were driving? Yeah, I was in the field. I was with, like, my dad's, um, I was the guy was, like, we called my uncle, but... Um, yeah, and <laughs> he was like trying to teach hear, me how to back up. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, back up," and I was like, oh, "Okay," and I backed around a hay bale, and then he was like, "Get closer to it," and I was like, "Okay," and then I hit it. So I it, it uh, dented the door of my grandmother's car. So <laughs> this probation was uh, put on you by your parents. Yeah, I mean, I was thirteen, 13. so I couldn't. <laughs> And it was just in the field, like by our house. These are what this is what you do in Vermont. You got to keep yourself occupied. Let me tell you. Know? you let me just tell you this is before we say goodbye. I I hundred percent certain I've never told this on the podcast before. <laughs> I have been a daily driver since I was thirteen years old, mm -hmm. and yeah. I did not get my driver's license until I was sixteen. Mm -hmm. So we had <laughs> circumstances that required it, and uh, I eluded the law for three mm -hmm. years to uh <laughs> to help my family and trust me i was not growing up on a mountain and there was no fields anywhere near me yeah so well in like north dakota you can get your license when you're like 14 to drive a tractor yeah. you know sometimes extenuating circumstances oh, oh by the way i know because i 
actually tried as a 13 year old tried to get an attorney to get me a farmer's license out of state. <laughs> I was, an, wow. I was an dedicated industrious young man. Um, a chubby little industrious young man. By right? 13, I was thinning out a little bit. Ah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Good for you. By you the, could run away from your enemies. I, well, finally. And then I didn't have as many. By then, I was all away. like, they were all like, this kid's funny. We don't have to kill him. Like, you know what I mean? So, because children have very basic ideas about how other people are treated. So, amusing guy that. gets to live. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's all. Um, but yeah, I, boy, this isn't. I'm not going to bother you with it, but it's a good story. Maybe one day it'll, it'll come out on here. Anyway, when I'm I got so to my now. when I got to my my test, I took my driver's test on the day of my 16th birthday. Oh wow! Because I did not want to risk one more day of driving without a license than I had mm-hmm. to. Because I was also I was a pragmatic criminal, so ah, I I didn't want to be the best kind. I didn't want to be breaking the law. I just wanted to, you know, I had to. I mean, the grocery store was not close to our house. And my mom mm-hmm. didn't drive. So anyway, uh, where did I get the car? <laughs> That's another story. Oh. Now, so I go on my on my birthday morning to get my driver's license. I talk a friend of mine's older brother into letting me use his car. Uh. I had never driven his car before. So basically, he pulled it into the line for the test, and I got in the driver's seat. And I remember, <laughs> and this is going to be something for you uh, older people will remember, but you get in and the, the guy's like, you know, blow the horn, you know, do like you have to do all that stuff. Put the turn signal on left, right. They make sure you, your hands kind of like fluidly go to these things. Yeah. Put on the high beams. And that was right at the time cars were changing over from a button on the floor for high beams to, oh. to pulling your, like your turn signal back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now many people have now heard that and thought, I did not know there was ever a button on the floor that. I also your, did not know right, that. But so. there was. It was a big metal button, right? Mm-hmm. So I, when he said high beams, I simultaneously reached for the turn signal and stomped my foot <laughs> and just thought, one of these is going to be right. <laughs> did and it I, and one of, it was the turn signal. And so I did that. Although, I, yeah, I don't know that he would have been able to tell in the daytime if your high beams weren't on. He knew. So. He was very, very <laughs> studious. Uh, oh, yeah. I whipped through that test. I swear to God. And we pulled up in front of the building and he looks at me and he goes, well, congratulations, you passed. It's like you've been driving forever. <laughs> You're like, ha ha. I said, thank That's you. Weird. And I reached <laughs> out and took the paper from him and got out of the car. I felt like I stole something. I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> I had to like consciously keep both of my hands on the wheel. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. know, like, like I was just shy of like putting my arm out on the window to get a little sun. You, you know, like it was, I had been driving <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a really long time. Uh <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. Hey, well, we need a groceries. What are you going to do? Yeah. I uh, mean, you're going to drive. What are you going to do when your sister needs to go to the hospital? You're going to drive. You got to get to it. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope we've all <laughs> learned something here uh, from Zoe. I know we. I have. And um, I think the one thing I've definitely learned is please tell Roxy when she asks how this went that I want her to be on the show. Ask her if she'll send me <laughs> another email. Okay. I'm sure she will. Yes. Well, good luck being... Um, an attorney and i hope you help a lot of people i hope that boy (laughs) i hope that boy is nice when you go to arizona he will be (laughs) he's pretty nice i think he'll be good yeah lovely good for you i mean in rhode island who's he gonna mess with uh yeah no he's from connecticut you oh oh my god those people can't drive at all (laughs) not at all no they can mask though (laughs) do you people in connecticut know you can't drive or are you just finding out now you're terrible 
really bad. <laughs> I like you other than that, but my He's God. He's honestly actually a really bad driver, so that makes a lot of sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh no no. no. Well, I, that would not surprise me at all. The I I um took three years off of my life with stress driving through Connecticut one time. <laughs> I will well, d- don't go to Massachusetts. Oh, that's where I was driving to. But by <laughs> but by then my brain had exploded, so I couldn't tell anymore. Uh, yeah. But anyway, if I the day I die, everyone who lives in Connecticut just know that you stole years from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your Would've inability to speed up or change lanes is <laughs> absolutely maddening. Uh, I'm sure you think it's safer, but you almost gave me a stroke. So anyway, um, I thank you so much for doing this. This was very kind of you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. I'll tell my sister. She's got to get on. Did you have a good time? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, so funny lot. to talk about things that I like didn't even, you know, I don't know. I just didn't think about, think about other people's perceptions of, uh, you know, my experiences or how any, how it could have been any different than me and my sisters. No, the truth is, by the way, anybody could have this conversation about anything in life. Like we're always impacting each other in ways we don't realize, like, right. You're just living your life. You don't realize that, you know, you living your life is, is, is impacting someone else. Listen, yesterday I had to take my mom, my mom's 77. I had to take her to a doctor's appointment. Right. So we don't live in the same state. Now, don't get me wrong. We're, you know, bordering each other. We're not too far yeah. away. But I'm about half an hour ride to my mom. So I get up in the morning. I take my kid to school. I'm making breakfast for her. I'm doing all this stuff. I got to get a shower. I got to run out the door. I got to drive this 45-minute drive to get to my mom to drive another half an hour to her doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. It isn't going well for me already. So, yeah. so, we, you know, I get her to the appointment. Everything's fine. You know, she's great. And we're driving home. She says to me, I need Cole's address five days before his birthday. Now, my son is Cole, and his birthday is in February. And mm-hmm. I was like, what, Mom? And he, she goes, his address at college, I need it five days before his birthday. So I can't help myself, Zoe. I go, could I get it to you six days before his birthday? <laughs> and she's like, what? And I said, what? Can I just give it to you now? She goes, well, I don't have a... Uh, a pencil. And I said, well, I was going to email it to you because she had said, and I left that out of the story. She goes, I need you to email me his address. So I said, mom, I'm like, I could just give it to you now. And I swear, she goes, I don't have a pencil. I said, well, mom, you won't need a pencil to receive an email. So this will be fine. (laughs) She goes, oh, okay. Now we're driving. And I'm just like, mom, listen. And then it gets confusing. She's like, well, what I want to do is, I'm like, mom, are you trying to send Cole a card for his birthday? And she's like, yes. I was like, what does the five days have to do with it? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't like wrap my head around it. And she's, but what I figured out after a painful conversation was that five days in her mind gave her enough time to mail the card to him before his birthday, but didn't pressure me to have to come through on the ask of, can you get Cole's address <laughs> to me? Like she was, ah. and so I'm like, mom, you can't think about me. Like I'm okay. Just say, I need Cole's address. So I said, listen. These phones are magical, mom. Let me show you something. I open up my contacts, not while I'm driving, but, you know, between me and you, Zoe. I've been driving since I'm 13, so I'm pretty yeah. good at it, right? <laughs> and so um, I, I forward my mom through a text message, my son's contact. I said, mom, you'll touch that in, in go ahead, do it now. Open up your, your you know, text, touch that, and uh, it's going to open it up, and you're going to save it as a contact. And I said, oh, look here, it already says that you have Cole's a contact. So just merge them together. You know, mm-hmm. you'll have his Uh-oh. address then. <laughs> so then we go into our contacts 
And there's a bunch of writing that doesn't make any sense in there. And she's got Cole's address twice. And I go, Mom, you already had Cole's address. No, I didn't. And I was like, yes, look, and I'm showing her. And she's like, oh, Uh okay. So now I'm deleting her contact and doing all this stuff. This process took 15 minutes. (laughs) Oh, God. My mom doesn't realize that by her asking me for my son's address, which, by the way, she already had, Mm -hmm. she put, by the time I got home, my wife goes, hey, how'd it go? And I went, my mom asked me for, oh, my, I couldn't stop. Like, I was just like, I'm telling her this story. I'm all jacked up and everything. I'm like, and she's like, what happened? And I was like, no, no, it's about Cole's, like, she, my mom took, can you please send me Cole's address at school and turned it into a nightmare. Oh my God. A nightmare. <laughs> and trust me, all of you are doing that to everyone around you. I'm doing it to people too. We don't <laughs> we don't realize it. There's a great story everywhere. We could have everybody's sister call up and, you know. Just tell, talk about growing up. Yeah, their general. side of the story. That would be good. <laughs> I won't I won't bother you with the she asked me how to crash your apps. That was a painful 10 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. My aunt. <laughs> This is yeah, my my aunt is so 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 sweet. Um and my parents got her an iPad. Or maybe she got I don't know. My my dad taught her how to use it, but not really. Because I came downstairs and I'm in law school, so my life is kind of a hellscape a lot of the time. And when I'm home in Vermont, it's like, you know, very relaxing and I try and take advantage of that. And I come down and my aunt's like, I deleted all my messages and I'm like and she had deleted, somehow she deleted her messages on her iPad. And she was like, I need to get them back. And I was like, I don't think you can. <laughs> and she, she's they like, gone. no. And I was like, you, well, you deleted them. Like, and I was like, here, don't do this again. She's like, I didn't do that. And I was like, well, there's really no way either way they could have disappeared. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> As I tried to teach my mom to swipe up to open, to oh, like no. throw the app. So she was stabbing at the phone. And I'm like, mom, uh-huh. stop stabbing it up up and then i'm showing her i'm like here i closed three i'm like see that she's like yeah i'm like you try it boom stabs right into the glass i was like dear god i called my brother i called my brother when after she got the car and i was like why did you buy her that phone yeah it's hard oh man and by the way my mom's lovely too she just yeah yeah people it's hard yeah Mm -hmm. and during that entire good my dad is like way more um tech savvy than i am no Um, well he's got a lot of time so and my mom is like, <laughs> yeah, my mom is like, uh, send it to my iPad. And I'm like, do you mean your email? <laughs> Very cute. Yeah, that's so funny. It's really funny. Right. Yeah. You're terrific. I love this. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate this. Hey, huge thanks to Omnipod and Dexcom for supporting the show. Please go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Don't forget to check out t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox if you'd like to add your voice to some very meaningful type 1 diabetes research. Thanks so much to Zoe for coming on and sharing her recollections of growing up with Roxy. And if you think your sibling might like to come on the show and has had a different experience than the one Zoe described, reach out. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.